0: This is Nova Church, Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as past reaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Church, I want you to, to look at me and I uh, hope I have your attention for the next few minutes, but I, I want your attention specifically just, just for a second. I just want to let you know that your leadership really matters. We all are leaders. I don't know if you know this, you're leading your friend group. At some, there's people that look in your friend group to you. It might Your kids might look to you for leadership. It might be your spouse or your parents, but your leadership matters. Maybe some of you have more people that look to you and call you leader. Maybe you have businesses or community groups or even your workplace, your church, but your influence is crucial right now. There, the last two years, I've never seen anything like it, neither of you. I don't even need to know you. I know no one's seen anything like this. Teachers, the job they've had to do, they're heroes. Medical community, heroes. Parents navigating, going to work, not going to work, online, school, like, like, singles move. I, people, singles I've met that have moved here, try to figure out community. Like, dating was hard enough, come on, before COVID. All the singles are like, you're right, you know. Now, now, it's like, where do you even meet people, right? Last year have been challenging. I want to remind you, your leadership, your influence is crucial. And so much of us, so many of us, were trying to figure this out in the beginning of how we're gonna navigate this pandemic. And now, you know, it's not over, but we're navigating a new season. I just need you to know how important this season is. And I felt God say to, to encourage you tonight, you've made it this far. I don't know what that looks like for you. Some of you are like, man, I don't even know if i made it. I am dragging myself in here, but you made it this far. Don't give up now. You navigated high school and junior high and college, you navigated family and marriage, you navigated church, you navigated... Don't don't stop now. Your influence has never been needed more than right now. People are counting on you. And here's what I've realized. Courage is contagious. We always talk about right now, everything's contagious. Who's got what? Testing. Can I just tell you this? That's what, that's what encouragement is, is when you loan someone or give someone your courage and they walk away going, I feel so encouraged. What you did, you just gave them your courage. And I just wanna let you know, you may not feel like people are watching you, but they are. And some weeks you get up because you feel it, and other weeks you get up going, my influence matters. I wanna let you know, God loves you, He sees you, you've made it this far, He's proud of you there's opportunities in the middle of the chaos if we're just faithful in your marriage faithful in your business faithful in your career faithful in your friendships faithful in your faith God has good things for us really proud of you as a church really proud of you I want to let you know that you made it this far we're believing grace God's supernatural strength in this next season because in some ways for me this is more challenging than when we were adapting and pivoting and all that at the beginning, this one's more challenging, why? Because everybody's tired from making decisions. On this side of it, we can point back to a lot of loss. Some people it's lives, jobs, opportunities, vacations, days off, some relationships have not made it through this, families have been splintered, we're all fatigued, we're all dealing with grief, but I do know this, God's grace is sufficient for us. Can I just pray some strength over you tonight? This isn't even a part of my message. This is free. So I pray over you tonight. I believe God's grace is going to get you through this. Amen. God, I bless our church tonight. Both those online and those in person. And I bless them with your strength. I bless them with your strength. I bless them with your grace. I bless them with your hope. And God, I pray that they would have the strength they need for the assignment on their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. We love you, church. Love you so much. 2 Peter. Thank you, worship team. 2 Peter. I'm going to start reading in chapter 1, verse 3. We're in a series, which I don't remember the title. Unwrapped Living. This is about one series. I just cannot remember what we called it. Um, You don't find that funny? I think that's hilarious. It's like the sixth week in a row I've preached it, and I always do that little casual look over my shoulder, like, best series ever, Unwrapped Living. Uh where we are unwrapping the gifts of God in our life. And we conclude it tonight. We've had more comments one-on-one and emails of people realizing their gifts. And one wanna remind you, we're doing this because we are not, act- we're not spectators. We are active in the plan of God for our life. If you understand that God has an assignment on your life, it changes things. We live in a spectator world, man. The social media, that's, that's one of the things I don't like is it's armchair quarterbacks. People can criticize leaders and sports and, and, and pastors and business leaders and parents. Everybody's got an opinion and I'm like, you know what? Now, I, I, I have a rule in my life. I never take constructive criticism from a critic who's never constructed anything. You can tweet that. <laughs> and uh, I know this is an assignment on your life. And you realize that God put an assignment on your life and he's giving you the tools for the assignment on your life, it changes everything. You go from just getting through the week to go, no, no, God, you want me to build something with my life, build something with my family, build something with my church. God has an assignment on our life. We're unwrapping the gifts of God. Can somebody say amen? First Peter chapter, uh, second Peter, sorry, chapter one. I want to read verse three. Come with the gifts of God. I believe tonight's going to encourage you as we finish up this series. Uh, I believe it's going to encourage you. Some of you, you're on a hunger to find out what God's given you, the gifts he's given you. And walk in them I know this we need you we need you in your assignment fully aware of what God how God's made you and what he's given to you and what he's gifted you because the world the church your families our businesses our schools are better when you know who God's called you to be verse 3 by his divine power God has given us everything we need for living a godly life he's given us everything we need that is part of that is the gifts of the spirit you need to know that God's given us stuff he just didn't call you and not equip you that's cruel If God said, I need you to do this, 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 and this, make a difference, change the world, live holy, uh, help people, and then not give you anything. God not only calls us, he equips us. He says, by his divine power, divine power, God has given us everything we need for a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. I want to remind you tonight that he has divine power, and he's given us everything we need. If I had a title on this last message, it would be The Power Gifts Remix. Because last week was part one, The Power Gifts. How many like a good remix? Where am I remix people? The rest of you are just boring. I like, I like when I hear an old song, remix. One guy in our church, Corey, they just remix an Ace of Bass song. If you're old like me, Ace of Bass, that was your high school years, come on. Anybody else I saw a sign? I'm Just me. All right. Uh, but I love a good remix. Tonight is the Power of Gifts remix tonight. Me and Nancy and the family were in Montreal a few weeks ago, and uh, I love cities. Where are my city people? You love cities. Loves anybody? Loves cities. Am I the only one? Uh, we're my country people. You love going outside, in nature. Okay, you scare me. All right, I, I I like going outside from like my car to Starbucks. That's like outside for me. I love cities. I love cities. I love Montreal. Beautiful city, stunning. But my favorite city, if you know me, if you've listened to me, if you've been around me, is New York City. I just love New York. One of my favorite things about New York City is how you can find um, really cheap knockoff counterfeit stuff just for fun. It's like my favorite thing. Like, I, you, for 20 bucks, you can get a Rolex, Ray-Bans, and the latest movie uh, and take, that's in the theaters, you can take it home. I just love it. For 20 bucks. Uh, the, it's called Rolex because after one day, the hands start rolling on, on their own. After one, I remember back in the day when Oakley's were the glasses that they made, the fake ones. And after one day, they changed it to Broakley's because they would just break on you. And True story, I remember picking up a movie that was in theaters. I'll tell you what movie it was. It was Crocodile Dundee 2. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? My old people, you're with me tonight. That's not a knife, right? He's like, Google it, amazing. And I remember Crocodile Dundee uh, was in theaters and I'm walking through Canal Street in New York and there it was on VHS. VHS were these things we used to have before we had VHS. I remember going, how is it possible that Crocodile Dundee Two is right here on VHS tape when I know it's in theaters right now. Because you know what they do? They actually, I remember, I, we bought it. I went home and watched it thinking, this looks like it, but something's different. Something's off, and all of a sudden right in the middle of it, you see a head, a head stand up and walk by. Someone took their, 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 their video camera into the movie and recorded it on Friday, and they were selling it on Sunday. Amazing. Counterfeit. I love the stuff, the counterfeit stuff from New York. You know what you'll never see a counterfeit? There's counterfeit money. You know what you'll never see is a counterfeit $3 bill. You are the best, thank you so much. Nancy, you are the best. I hate, you know what, can I just confess tonight, I hate having a drink of water, because whenever a, a preacher drinks water, it reminds you you don't have water. So I never have a bottle of water, that's why, but tonight I need one, thank you so much. With my, whoa, my Nova mug, that's fantastic. Here's what you'll never see. You'll never see a counterfeit $3 bill. Why? Because there's no such thing as a real $3 bill. Counterfeit is always a replica, and it's always a cheapened replica of something that is authentic. A counterfeit is proof of something that's real. If you see something that's fake, a counterfeit knockoff, it's proof that there's a real version. If you have knockoff replica fake sneakers, it means that there's a more expensive uh, real ones out there. If you have a a fake Rolex, it means that there's a real Rolex. If you have a counterfeit $100 bill, it means that there are real $100 bills. I wanna remind you tonight that there are a lot of things in this world that are counterfeit. Fame, Fame by itself is counterfeit success. Sex by itself is counterfeit intimacy religious ritual, going to church, by itself is counterfeit faith. It's a replica, it looks like it, but it's a cheapened version. It's a knockoff. I wanna remind you of tonight, because that's why we're in this series, because we believe there's more available to us. There's more power, there's more authentic, there's more holiness, there's more available that God has for us, and we don't wanna live with a replica or a knockoff going, it looks like faith, sounds like faith, But something's missing. It just doesn't have the shine or the durability or the power of what we were promised. And sometimes in my life, I've settled for a knockoff of what God promised me in his word. Oh, it's Friday, but I'm preaching like it's Sunday right now. Spiritual power, both holy and evil, is real. Easy to know that spiritual power is real. There is nothing else can explain the evil that we're seeing in Ukraine right now than that it's evil power. It's evil is real. It's not just people with bad character, it's not just people having a bad day, it's deeper than hatred, it's actually evil. And I want to remind you that spiritual power is real. And many Christians reject a spirit-powered life because they've only experienced with it has been with counterfeit Christians. Those who look like Christians on the outside, but they're not following Jesus on the inside. And there's three types of people, we've said this before. There are believers, there are non-believers and there are pretenders. And in this church, we want believers and unbelievers. If you're a believer, you're in the right place. If you're thinking, I don't believe in Jesus, I'm far from God, you are in the right place. What we're not interested in is pretenders. People that act like they're Christians on the outside, act like Jesus followers on the outside, They, but they're, they're counterfeit, they're pretending on the inside, they're far from God. And the reason why most Christians want nothing to do with a spirit powered, holy life going after the power of God is they've been around some pretenders that are good around an altar or in a church service, but when outside of there, they're far from God. are like, wait, th- this doesn't feel right. And counterfeit Christians have ruined so many people from chasing, desiring, or longing for a power-filled life. And we need to change that, because this life is worth it, but it's impossible without the power of God. Following Jesus is impossible unless you have the power that he had. And Jesus had the power of the Holy Spirit. You may want to reject the Holy Spirit because you've only seen pretenders. But I want to let you know that there's an appetite in our world for the supernatural. I did some digging this week because our world is hungry for the supernatural. Top 15 grossing movies of all time. Top 15 grossing movies of all time. 11 of the 15 are supernatural themed. Why? Our world is hungry for the supernatural. Our kids are. Our teenagers are. You are. I think this would be interesting. Anybody know what the number six of all time, six most popular, made the most money movie of all time, anyone, do not Google right now. Number six, Spider-Man, No Way Home. That was a pretty good movie. Yeah, really good. Number five, anybody know number five was? What'd you say? Are you saying Star Trek? No, Avengers, Infinity War. It was inevitable that we got there. No one else got that, okay. Was that Infinity War? Okay, fantastic. Number four, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. <coughs> okay. Number three is not supernatural, it's Titanic. I'm not really sure what that's about. Thank you in the back, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That was a new Titanic joke. I have a, usually have a list, that's new. I, I made that one up this week. The second one, second most popular movie of all time was Avengers Endgame. And the number one, anybody know the number one movie of all time? Avatar. Avatar. I know, left me feeling blue too. (laughs) Listen, you know what's interesting? 11 of the top 15 movies of all time, people's hungry for something supernatural. Why? It's not about documentaries. It's not about crime. It's not about detectives. It's not about police. It's not about the army. It's not about war. It's about supernatural. Why? People want to know there's something more than what they're experiencing. There's a hunger for supernatural. We're going through the gifts of the spirit, the power gifts. I wanna let you know the church works best when it's full of the power of God. We covered some last week. Let me cover three more tonight before I pray for you tonight and we get to go home and enjoy the rest of our weekend. I wanna talk about this is a gift that God gives us. Some of you in this room have it. It's discernment of spirits. It's the gift of discerning spirits. We need this in the church. The spiritual gift of discernment is at its heart, a God-given sensitivity to truth, error or evil it's sensitive it's really about sensing the often hidden source of a situation beyond what appears on the surface you you just you seem to look past the curtain you seem to know what's going on no matter what is in front of you you seem to know something's better than it's showing or something's evil or something's out of place you can sense motive and what's going on behind the scenes the gift of discernment my mother has this gift i had friends growing up that came to my house once and then i never saw them again i don't know what happened my, mo- my mother just escorted them to the door and i never saw them again i don't know if she had people that did i don't know what happened but she just discerned they're not good for my life my mother's uh, chose my friends and i'm better because of it she's like no no there's something wrong there's something that it's not good for your your life there's something off there uh, uh, I'm thankful for, in our church, some people are like, yeah, this is not the right time for that decision. I feel like that's a little off. I, think, I feel like this is a real good opportunity. The gift of discernment. The Greek word here for the gift of discernment is diacrisis, which the word means able to distinguish, discern, judge, or appraise a person, a statement, a situation, or an environment. My wife has this gift. She's like, yeah, no, something's just off there. I'm so thankful to be able to see past what's, the obvious. If you've been given this gift, you have the supernatural capacity to recognize the source of what's in front of you, seeing what's behind the curtain of appearance. You simply know, is God acting in this or is he not acting in this? You understand the hidden motives, good or bad. First John 4, 1 John 4.1, the author says here, says, dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Can I just tell you, just because someone gets on a stage and opens a Bible does not mean they're working from the spirit of God. The right thing in the right place said the wrong way is wrong. And some people aren't working from the right spirit. You need to test everything. You need to go home and read what I am talking about and test it for yourself. Just don't take it because I have a microphone in my hand. We need to test spirits just because someone puts girls guys just because someone puts on their online dating profile philippians 4 13 does not mean they are a christian (laughs) especially if their pants are shorter than our spring come on somebody in a time when information is spun and manipulated I have more people message me. Are you getting the full story? And they send me their side. And someone else sends me their side. In an information time of spin, we need this gift working so we can tell where the truth is and motives. If you have this gift, here's the caution you need to know. Some of you are like, I have the gift of discernment." sermon. Here's the caution you need to know. This gift can be destructive in a person who isn't continually seeking humility and to improve their character. Sometimes it'd be like, no, no, I know the real deal humility we always embrace humility you need to realize if you have this gift you can also be wrong i think i I, I don't think you can talk to anybody who thinks they can ever be wrong i could have missed it i could be wrong in this sometimes the impression comes to you and it's from your own bias so exercise caution and ask permission to share something just don't state it ask permission with such humility use phrases um, as I, Something like, I think, or I discern, or I'm wondering if it could be, not God told me, so deal with it. This is the truth. I was married four months. Remember this? We were married four months. Crazy time. My, my wife almost laid hands on this person and feet. Come on, somebody. I was a young pastor in a church, and this woman came up to me after church one day. She said, Can I talk to you? She was, I really feel like God told me something to tell you. I feel like you've been, I've been married four months. She was, I feel like, I feel like, I feel, feel like you have regret all of your life, and you feel like you've made the wrong choice in marrying Nancy. <laughs> I said, I got a dream and you're a nightmare. Goodbye. No, I didn't. I said, What you say when you don't like somebody in church? I said, bless you. You know, come on. That's Christian swearing right there. Just bless you so much. Bless you. Bless your heart. Bless you so much. She said, I feel like I'm feel like i I'm, I'm discerning that you're full of regret and turmoil because you feel like you made the wrong decision in marrying Nancy. And I said, I said, um, you're wrong and you've missed it. And she got offended because I told her she was wrong. I was like, well, were you asking me or were you telling me? Because you asked me and I said, you missed it and now you got offended. Interesting, a year later, her marriage ended and I feel like maybe that word was for her. You know, it's not a joke, That's actually true, sad. But you know what I've realized? I feel like sometimes God's giving me a word for somebody, I'm very hesitant to say God said. It's just, this could be, I feel like maybe God is saying, because you need to understand, sometimes we miss it. Humility with this gift, humility. Be slow and cautious to ever say, God said. There's two people you can never talk to in life. Someone who said they're in love, and someone who said, God said. Be very careful to say, God said. Next gift, power gift. That God hands out to many in his church is words of wisdom and knowledge. That's a powerful gift. Words of wisdom and knowledge. This is when God gives you direct information for specific situations. The key to understanding this gift is it functions like the gift of prophecy, which we talked about last week, which is delivered in groups, but this one is one on one. It's not in a group, it's one on one. You're with somebody, you, just this, you, you know something you shouldn't know. You, it's like you pull back the curtain and you see something, information you shouldn't know. And as you're talking to somebody, you're like, man, I just feel like I know more than they're telling me. And you have specific information. It's a God giving a very direct word about an issue that needs to be dealt with or a word of encouragement or situational insight. And someone with this gift, super, God supernaturally directs another believer how to walk God's way and will for that moment specific information to encourage somebody, correct somebody, prepare somebody. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a text or a call from somebody in this church locally or my friends around the world going, hey, I was just driving home and you came to my mind. And I don't know why, I, could, I just feel like you're really discouraged, or I feel like you have this opportunity you're excited about, or I feel like maybe you're just really tired, or I feel like you just, you're, you're this, and I just wanna encourage you, God said, and give me something encouraging from God. And I'm like, how did they know that? Cause I'm not one of those people that posts every bad day online. Some of you are, I'm not that person. If I do it right, you don't know if I'm up or down. And this person will I like, I was just driving or I, I just need to call you and let you know. I just, I feel like I, I God, and I'm like, you are bang on. It's so helpful when someone hears from God, because when they call you, it's like, man, you shouldn't have known that. And you're all wide open and then God rushes in with encouragement and strength. It's a powerful gift. It's a powerful gift. Signs you have that gift promptings from the Holy Spirit to do something and gives you a knowledge that you had no way of knowing. Some of you are like, man, I, just, I know stuff I shouldn't know. This knowledge always helps increase the activity of God in a situation. It's not gossip, it's not because you're part of the rumor mill, it's because whenever you share it or it's God gives it to you, God's activity always increases in that person's life. They always grow closer to God after they encounter you working in that gift this person, sometimes I've had this happen myself a few times, that with this gift, you might see in your mind's eye, you might see words written like a newspaper headline or like a banner over somebody. I've had that happen a few times. It's happened in this church. And I, 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 I've used that gift a few times in this church, right? I see a word over somebody. And say like, I don't know why I know that. And it encourages people. And it's so powerful when God uses someone specifically to encourage you and offers you keys to help you in that moment. Can I tell you, some of you, God wants to take your encouragement and your counseling to another level. If you would just open up and let God speak to you, I believe one word from God can get through days, years, months, a lifetime of counseling. We don't need good advice, we need God advice. And sometimes God just wants to pull back the curtain and go, hey, let's get to the heart of the issue. Let's encourage somebody, let's help somebody. The gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge. Last one tonight, this is the big one that I'm believing for more in our church for you to walk in and for me to walk in. Power gift is the gift of healing, gift of healing. The word healing refers to bringing wellness of many kinds, physical, emotional, and mental. The gift of healing is a special ability to certain members of the body of Christ to be the bridge for God to cure illness and restore health. We need to see more healings in the body of Christ. You don't think you do, it's because you're not sick. We don't know anybody. I'll tell you this if this Bible is real, and it is, then we need to see the same power that we see in this. I don't want to counterfeit or limit I don't want to see a powerless. I need the same thing that they saw. I serve the same God. I want to see the same power. We need to see people healed. Too often, if you come from one of two backgrounds, this has been your experience. Number one, maybe you grew up in a church or a faith community where you believe God heals, sort of. Uh, you'll actually even pray once in a while, reluctantly you would be very vague and you usually end it with, you know, if it's God's will, but not really expecting anything to happen. Others of you grew up in a really hyper faith, word of faith, Pentecostal background, where they would drag you to the front in front of people and they would pray for days, years, yelling and screaming, you had more spit on you, come on. Like, and, and, and then if nothing happened, somehow, It felt like it was your lack of faith or your fault. Uh, You're the one that's sick. And people are like, well, did anything happen? And if you weren't healed, people were let down and somehow you walked away with shame like it's your fault. Both are wrong. Both are wrong. In Jesus' ministry by the Holy Spirit power, there's four things I noticed about healing. I encourage you to read your Bible. If you wanna know who we're following, you read your Bible. Four things I notice about the gift of healing. Because Jesus moved in the gift of healing by the Holy Spirit. and I believe we have the same spirit that fills our lives. If God's in it, we want it. Holy Spirit, we want more of you. Four things I noticed in scripture, Jesus about healing. Number one, God does, God can, and God does heal. I read my Bible. Jesus didn't write prescriptions. I'm thankful for our medical community. I've been on medicine. I'll be on medicine. I'm thankful for it. Jesus didn't walk up with good advice going, I hope you make it he actually healed people. In my lifetime, I have seen God heal people. I've had parts of my life healed. I've seen my kids healed. I've been in rooms when you can't explain what happened. I've seen God heal. He can heal and he does heal. Number two, I realized why looking at scripture is that Jesus walked by people and did not heal them. I don't like that part, but it's true. In scripture, people, Jesus would walk by crowds, thousands of people. They were lined up trying to get his attention. He would get in a boat and go to the other side or he focused on one person. And Jesus walked by people and did not heal them. In fact, John the Baptist, who, who, who Jesus said, there is no one like him, man of faith. There is no one like John the Baptist. Jesus said, yeah, uh, he's about to be beheaded. I'm not gonna step in. Jesus did not always step in. And I realize this, that God does heal, but God doesn't heal everybody all the time. And I've seen that to be the case in so of you. It's a fact. Number three the thing I noticed from scripture and following Jesus, the gift of healing, is that there is power in asking. In scripture, there's this story. Jesus is going through a crowd and all of a sudden this man comes to him. He says, hey Jesus, listen, my 12 year old daughter is dying. And I know it's so serious. Doctors, they've tried. Uh, there's n- only you can come. You need to come with me right now. I am asking you to heal my 12 year old daughter. She means everything to me. If you're a parent, you understand the emotion in that story. I would do anything for my kids. I never understood my parent, my mom, when I was sick as a kid, my mom would say, oh, I wish it was me. I remember thinking, I don't understand that. As a parent, you understand that. And this man walks up to Jesus and interrupts him. He didn't care where he was going, what he was teaching. He wasn't afraid of being persecuted or pushed by a crowd. He didn't care about distancing. He didn't care about um, what was proper. He said, no, no, my kid means everything. Jesus, you need to come with me because only you can heal my daughter. And Jesus said, I'll come with you. As he's going to heal this girl who ends up dying on the way, and then Jesus raises her from the dead. But before he gets there, this other woman, who's been bleeding for 12 years, interesting, when Jesus is on his way to reach a young generation, he actually helps an older generation. Don't, 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 don't ever worry about a church that goes after young people and young adults, because listen, I've learned this. If God can reach one generation, he can reach another at the same time. We're bleeding for all generations in this church. This woman who has been bleeding for 12 years sees Jesus stop his prayer line and starts walking away to go to this man's house, miles away, and she panics. And she goes, no, 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 I need a miracle. And she chases through the crowd, you know your Bible, and she grabs, "Screws, if I can just touch the end of his clothes, if I can just grab his jacket, if I can just get close, and she gets close enough, she presses in, and a miracle happens. So much so, Jesus said he felt power leave him. That's why you gotta keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus could be emptied, how much more can we be emptied? And he said, I felt something leave me, power leave me, turns around and this woman was healed. Here's what I've learned. There's power in asking, there's power. That's why as a church, we will keep asking because I've seen God heal, but I know there's power in asking. And the fourth thing I realized from following Jesus about the gift of healing is that we all still die. Isn't that encouraging? You can go home right now, just encourage for the weekend. We all die life is a terminal disease be blessed have a great week we'll see you next week we all die we all die you know it's interesting there's a story in scripture where lazarus was sick and they said jesus come heal him and jesus didn't come on time he actually just hung out with his friends for a bit then they said don't worry he's dead jesus goes no no it's not too late if i'm not dead he's not done and jesus walks in and raises Lazarus from the dead. It's an amazing story. But you know what's amazing? Is years later, Lazarus still died. <laughs> Everyone Jesus healed still died. Is this so encouraging? I say that to say this, with the gift of healing, I have perspective. I believe we need the power of God, but I realize when you have perspective that this life is a chapter, it's such an important chapter, it's a crucial chapter, but it's just a chapter of a larger story. And sometimes I don't understand why people aren't healed. I don't understand it. It grieves me, but I also realize this is not the end. There's more to the story and we'll be restored. We'll be made well, we'll be made whole. If it's not in this chapter or in this life, it'll be in the next. And with that comes hope and grace going, I don't understand, but I trust and obey. We're committed as a church to keep making opportunities for God to heal people. You need to know that. If you're wondering, if you're checking us out going, like, are they gonna be focused on this Holy Spirit deal? Like, is this gonna be something, is this just a series that Mike can't remember the title for and, and we're done, or is this gonna keep going? You need to know that we're committed as a church to keep praying for the sick people. We're committed to it. See, we believe God still saves people. You may have walked in here, or maybe you're online going, I'm far from God. I don't know God. I feel shame. I feel like my life is full of sin. I feel like if I died today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. We believe Jesus still saves lives. Can someone say amen? He still forgives sins. He still washes away your guilt and your shame. He still comes in and gives you a purpose and a light and a life. He still leads people. He still makes uh, saints out of sinners. He still makes uh, messages out of messes. He takes people in the mud and puts them on a mission. Jesus still saves. That's why we still give people a chance to accept Jesus at almost every service. So let me say this. We still believe God heals. And if we believe that, we'll keep giving opportunity for God to heal people. Because I don't want to be said, I would have if someone had asked. Because it might be my kid, or my wife, or my life, or it might be yours, and I want to say, if I'm going out, I'm going out asking. If I'm going out, I'm going out serving. I'm going out seeking the presence of God, because I don't want to be a pretender. I want to walk in this room and watch online and get enough jesus to feel good on the outside but on the inside i'm dead and i'm a counterfeit and the shine ain't there and it doesn't last and there's no power i say no 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 god if you are in it i want it i don't want to be a pretender i want to be a believer in the power of god i know this the church works best when it's full of the power of god it works best some of us need to step out more in this gift you don't need a microphone or a stage just last week, a young girl here, I think she's 12. She put her hand up. And her mother pulled me aside and said, when she, I said, anybody have pain? She said, she put her hand up. She said, I believe God can heal me. And we're still praying God can heal her. I believe he can. I'm like, you know what, God? You love her so much. Who are we not to ask? I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of God. The gifts of the Spirit are God working through us. But I do want to end the series with this note. I don't have time to unpack it. But the Bible also speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, which is God working in us. Gifts are given, fruit is grown. You can give a bike, you can give a new iPhone, you can give new sneakers, you can give gifts, but fruit has to be grown slowly on trees. And the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit. That's what we've been talking about. But make no mistake, that's what God uses us to go through us to other people. The fruit of the Spirit is God working in us. Galatians 5, and 23. Let me read the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, which means if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, here's how people will know. Not by speaking in tongues, not by healing people, not by singing or preaching or discerning spirits. It says that it'll produce something in your life. The kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Oh, we need some love. Mike. Your Facebook account needs you to be more loving. Just saying. Joy. Oh, we need some joy. People are so tired. Not fake, not not hype. Joy. Peace. (laughs) We need peace. We need peace. Peace in your mind. Peace in the world. We need peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law, there's no rules against these such things. As our giftings grow, our character needs to grow. Church, let it be said of us that the gifts of the Spirit move in our church, in our small groups, in our businesses, in our home, that we move in the gifts. But we are known that our character is growing with the fruit of the Spirit. That our private lives don't disqualify our public lives. Can someone say amen? Just I close. Our lives as Jesus followers, full of the Holy Spirit, should look different than everyone else. Some of you are afraid if you follow Jesus, you'll be different. You should be different. You shouldn't be as frustrated as the person down the street. You shouldn't be as given to temptation. You shouldn't be as divided. You shouldn't be as angry. You shouldn't be as impatient. You shouldn't be as rude. You shouldn't be as given to anger. Why? Because the Holy Spirit makes a difference we're helpful but we're holy and God wants to do something in our church I believe we need more gifts of the Spirit and I'm saying God grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life amen if you're with me you say God I need more of the gifts I need more of the fruit of that's you raise your hand in this place amen we need more of God let's stand to our feet tonight we're gonna sing a song can we sing the song I exalt thee for well, lifting up Jesus Christ it's an old song I grew up on I exalt thee which means I lift up Jesus here's what I know if you're like how do I know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit you ask and say, Jesus, I need more of you. If you're in it, I want it. Holy Spirit, just fill my life. Miracles happen. And I believe God's going to put a power in your life that you can't deny. And he's going to grow a fruit in your life that people will notice. We're different. We're supposed to be different. Act different. Think different. Live different. Why? Because God in us changes things. You're not normal. Look at the person next to you. That's not what normal looks like. This is not a church for normal people. Imperfect people wanting more of God, amen? Let me bless you before we sing this song. If you're comfortable, if you would tonight, would you just lift both hands? As a sign of hunger, surrender, and asking. God, we ask you again tonight. We ask you again tonight. If you're in it, we want it. Holy Spirit, come and fill us with your goodness and your power. Fill us with your character, your love, and your power. God, I pray that we would be helpful, and powerful in our community. And God, I pray we would be holy and pure in our homes. Father, I bless them with your spirit. In Jesus' name.